There will be a day when we all come together, and there will be a uh, day unlike any other one when Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, comes back to claim his kingship, to establish his kingdom. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's going to be a beautiful thing for many, many folks who have put their faith and trust in him. Those who haven't, uh, it's going to be a pretty dark day, I think. Um, it's not going to be a good day. And it's going to last forever. That's the thing, folks. Uh, there'll be a thousand-year reign here on earth, which will go like a blip. Um, and then, bam, eternity. Where are you going after you leave this earth because you will leave this earth at some point. I mean, average, I think is 78, 79, somewhere in that neighborhood at this point, uh, years you got personally, I'm 54. That gives me about 20 some years, uh, typically left. I mean, my dad and his dad both, uh, left the earth when they were 72. And it's like the most important question folks in you know, the things that you do here, the time that you have, you don't, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. So you need to make sure that when you leave this planet, you're headed the right direction. And we're going to try and help that. And it's a religion by talking about religion and faith in the sense that that is where everything lies. How you look at life, how you walk in this life depends on what you believe. And what you believe is a big deal. You know, when we look at the world today, what people believe and how they act in accordance with that is uh, a big deal. Is, you know, the reason we have uh, so much infighting in the United States of America and the reason we have so many problems in this world because culturally people believe different things and that's what causes differences. It's not skin color, it's not race. Race is nothing, there is no such thing. There's one race, the human race. And that's it. You know, this whole idea that there's so many different races on this planet is the same ideas as different species. They call all these things different species. And yet there are just basically different kinds of uh, creatures that God put on this, that God designed on this planet and so on and so forth. Anyway, this is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America to the Republic for which they stand, two nations under God, and quite divided with liberty and justice for some. For those that uh, are connected, those who have influence, those um, who are connected to the right people, I guess, with the right amount of money. Anyway, we are, uh, we like to go through Scripture first and foremost, as a start to this program and we are reading back through Genesis because we want to create a foundation uh, every year I start out in the book of Genesis just because I want to go back to the roots the the creation of the universe the creation of this world the creation of human beings the creation of all the animals the design that is inherent in everything that you see touch smell and feel there is design there people there is a a purpose okay to people uh, and this whole thing is not a random act chance thing that occurred over millions of years. It's pathetic that people even think that, in my opinion. And there's no reason that, to think that. There are so many uh, proofs against evolution that are out there. It's not even funny. And these guys want to hang their hat on these uh, anomalies and these little, th oh, 
you know, the argon dating, da 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 da, proves that this thing's between 600 million and 800 million years old. Really? So somebody was there to observe it and wrote it down? Well, no. You know, they have no confirmation or proof of it. And yet, you know, these guys will say things like, well, my colleagues will say, and it's, to me, that's pathetic. You know, putting hanging your head on just because other people's opinions is this. When you have a book, the Bible, which was written by people who had eyewitness accounts of these things occurring that I believe were handed down over generations to Moses to put down in the book um, from the creation of the world. Um, and away you go. You know, I mean, we don't know who really wrote the book of Genesis. We think Moses did. But it may have been given to him. And maybe he clarified some things in there. I don't know. You know, we weren't there. Nobody was there. And it doesn't say in the book, hey, so-and-so wrote this. So, you know, we make a lot of assumptions, too, about Scripture and about um, things. I mean, there's a lot that we know about the time of Christ and beyond, you know, that. But prior to that, you know, going back to the foundation of the planet, we really don't. You know, there's not much written down. You know, the, the earliest writings in other areas that people seemingly have been able to find are about 5,000 years old. And even then, that's a guess. Nobody knows for sure. Because we were not there. Okay? Uh, and if it didn't specifically say, you know, hey, I'm writing this down in this date. And, uh, you know, they have different dating methods. Some, you know, I've, I've heard that carbon dating itself really only works to about the second generation. And then it gets kind of dicey. And so that doesn't go back very far. And all these other techniques are basically, I would suggest, circular reasoning around uh, uh, other things that they've already put in place. Like, well, the fossils match this period, and so we're going to say this thing's X amount of years old. Well, who set up the periods? Well, we did. Oh, really? And so, uh, you know, it's just a pathetic attempt to come up with something else that doesn't have to align with God, with a creator, with someone who we have to uh, give allegiance to, right? Because if somebody made you, if they own you, right, in that sense, uh, you sure in, in my book owe allegiance to them and, and it'd be a good idea to figure out what they want from you. Um, if that's the case, you know, I mean, most things that people make in this world today that they design and they own, um, you know, there's an, there's an ownership there. There's a, uh, um, you know, the thing that's made is certainly not greater than the thing that made it, right? It's the other way around. So we're in chapter 3 of Genesis. Let's take a look at this. Now, the serpent, so we got through the creation, and everything's been made. God rested on the seventh day in chapter 2. Now, chapter 3 says this. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast. Now, subtle there is the word... Arum in Hebrew, cunning. So the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, first of all, the serpent was going after the gal, not the guy, right? Trying to convince her 
of uh, the beauty of eating this fruit, right? And and so there's something that I don't know how the serpent knew this. There was something that that he must have known about the two of them and the fact that uh, you know she was more easily deceived, maybe because she wasn't the one that God communicated to originally about this. I don't know. You know, we don't know how he knew that. It's it's interesting to speculate, but. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Or wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm sorry. I'm going to go back. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it. So Eve added that. And maybe that was from Adam. And Adam told her, Look, don't even touch it, uh, lest we die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, I don't know, you know, uh, the word Elohim is, is the word gods there. Gods in ordinary sense was specifically used, uh, you know, they use the same word as of the supreme God, God Almighty, uh, in that word. But apparently there was something at that time that knowing good and evil, you would be more like God than... Uh, because you get to the end of the chapter here, and it actually does confirm that. So that's kind of an interesting deal as well. You know, they did not know or did not have a good foundation at that point for good and evil. Now, you know, in God's uh, timing, maybe they didn't need to know that yet, right? There wasn't. There was only two people on the earth. What, you know, what could really go wrong? I guess. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food. And that it was pleasant to the eyes, and treated be desired to make one wise. And she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. So, you know, Adam's right there. He's buying into this whole thing, which he could have prevented and stopped right there on, on the tracks and trusted God to make him another woman if that one was going to go away. But there was already a bond maybe between the two, an allegiance there that uh, a husband and wife should have in a lot of ways, right? That's a natural thing. But the desire there, kamad, which is the um, Hebrew word, to delight in, um, to covet, right? And desire gets people in a lot of trouble, right? Um, very easy to uh, for Satan at this point, and, and a lot of folks believe Satan was the one uh, doing this work within the uh, serpent to convince Eve that... Um, you know, she needed this fruit and needed to be like God. And so she became her own God in that sense, right? So, and the eyes of them were both opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sowed fig trees. And, I, you know, this is an example of the fact that they knew um, walking around the open, right, um, without any clothes on is uh, not normal, right? Not a... Not a good thing necessarily. But again, it was only the two of them. So they were married, right? In this sense, they were together. Uh, or maybe they hadn't known each other yet. I don't know. It doesn't really say because it talks about them uh, knowing each other in that sense uh, in the next chapter. But anyway, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, first off, how neat would that have been? have the Lord God walking in the garden, right? In human form, I'm assuming. Um, 
and be able to communicate with him, to be with God in the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree where I commanded thee not you shouldn't eat? And the man said to the woman, Whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because you have done this, all uh, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and the dust thou shalt eat all the days of thy life. Which indicates maybe the serpent was a different form back then. Um, but I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and it shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now that specifically is a reference, we believe, to Christ and uh, what happened at the cross um, and the fact that um, eventually Christ will eliminate Satan and evil from the earth. So unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception and sorrow and shall bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. And there's a lot of folks that believe that means uh, a woman is going to desire a man's position in life. And you see that really in our society today. I mean, what has happened ever since the 1910s, uh, gals have um, desired to be men, basically, to work, to uh, lead, to guide and instead of, uh, I believe, what they were designed to do, which is more nurture and, and be supportive of things. But, you know, it, it is what it is. At this point, God is not surprised. He, he knows that all this is going to occur. But there is a conflict there, right? It's not, there's not a natural relationship there like it once was. It's going to be different than what it was. I think it's the main point to take away from that. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of life. So they had it, I would think, pretty easy in the garden. Plenty of stuff coming up. Uh, didn't have thistles and thorns. Because the next verse, it says, Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and you shall eat of the herb of the field, and the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread until thou return unto the ground. For out of it thou was taken. For dust you art, and to dust you shall return. And Adam, you know, at that point, I would have been pretty depressed, but um, Adam seems to get over it pretty quick because he's just like, well, Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And unto Adam also... Uh, and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. So God showed him how to make skins at that point. Pretty cool. And, you know, obviously he cared for them. He was They were his creation, right? How would you not want to care for them? But, I mean, if you go back through this whole thing, I don't know how you don't come away from that with the idea that God gave man a free will. You know, he didn't force Adam and Eve to eat the fruit. He told them not to, and yet they did anyway. So if it was the will of God that they should not eat it, and that they did anyway, I, to me, that's pretty obvious. He gave man the opportunity to do that on his own because um, he didn't force him to sin. I would never, uh, ever want to accuse God of forcing somebody to sin. And when I think about this idea that God somehow saves people by giving them the faith to be saved, I mean, I, that one I don't understand. I've never understood that that theology. You know, I'm. I guess I'm on the going to remain on the free will side because of that. You know, when I look at this, especially this passage at the foundation, 
of things. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and placed it. He placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and the flaming sword, which turn away, turn every way to keep thy way of the tree of life. And so at that point, the tree of life still existed. It's just nobody was going to get in there to see it. And I believe that was likely destroyed during the flood. And God took that away. And maybe that was uh, part of the flood so that nobody could ever get back to that point. Now, you know, we don't know. We'll never know. And um, it's one of those things you can speculate up and down all you want. But... Uh, um, there's not much you're going to be able to do about it, right? And we're never going to know for sure. And I'm okay with that. You know, we have a record of what happened. Um, we know Adam and Eve fell into sin. We know they were uh, extracted from the garden and kicked out. We know that the ground is cursed, that we have to earn our living, right? And it's not just going to be something that's provided. And I think when God restores these things back to that original creation, for those who have put their faith and trust in Christ and those who have put their trust in God, um, you know, it's going to be back to a some sort of system like that where things will be provided. The tree of life will be there, I believe, from everybody to eat from. And it's going to be an amazing thing. So until that time, though, all bets are off. I mean, you know, it's that's where we're at. But we have a record. That's Going back to this, we have a record that was written down I believe there were eyewitness accounts of that, right? Adam and Eve knew what happened. They were there. So whether they wrote it down or not and handed it down to Adam or passed that tradition along to certain people, right? Certain children of theirs. I mean, they had 900 and some years on the earth, right? So they had a little bit of time to talk about things and so on and so forth. So I don't think it's that big a deal to think that, that, they took care of stuff, right? So let's see. I wanted to hit on this. There's, We're moving towards the end. I believe God has actually sped up time a little bit, and a second doesn't last as long as it used to um, because I, I believe we're getting closer to the end. And if you look at uh, the magnetic field around the Earth, that's decaying, and you look at um, the moon, uh, moon's orbit moving away from the Earth and just different things that... You know, at some point, this life is going to be unsustainable on this planet. And, you know, just, there was a story in CBN this morning. Defense Department develops next generation sensor to implant under human skin like a check engine light. And I, I speculate that this whole effort around mandating vaccines is more like an effort like that, where they're going, look, everybody needs to do this in order to survive, in order to fit into the new system the new global system that we're all putting in place. And you're not going to be able to eat. You're not going to be able to um, buy groceries without this chip, without this vaccine mandate, without this vaccine card or whatever it's going to be, right? Because the government wants you to be a subject and Satan wants you to be his subject. Ultimately, I think that's where this is. It's a battle between God's ways and Satan's ways. God's ways, free will, freedom, to choose, you know, your path in life, sin or follow me. And uh, um, Satan doesn't want that. Satan wants control. Satan wants to circumvent the will of God. 
and say, no, you don't have free will. You need to, to subject yourself to me. Which is going to, you know, it's completely different, a completely different attitude than um, what uh, God's people should have and God's uh, system has, I believe. So, but it's not something to be afraid of. You know, I think there'll be people that, uh, you know, are going to be able to circumvent that system. And, you know, eventually will they find everybody? I don't know. I I believe it will be after my lifetime. So, um, anyway, AOC seen Harding maskless in masked packed Florida bar <coughs> as New York constituents battle record COVID surge. I just think it's funny. I mean, if people don't realize Democrats are hypocrites at this point, um, God bless you because you don't you don't see what's really going on in front of your face, and you're probably watching ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, and CNN because they will never call out a Democrat. They will never call out hypocrisy. They will never, um, you know, they're going to try and support Democrat. Oh, you know, she's got a relative down there, so that's why she's down there. Whatever, I, you know, it just it's. It's quite funny to me to see some of this stuff um, in action and for and people to get upset about it. Like, what's to get upset about? You know, liberal media is liberal media, and they're going to have a bent on everything from that side. And conservative media is going to actually shine the light on things that normally wouldn't, wouldn't uh, be seen, right, within the liberal media. And so, and, you know, conservatives can do the same thing, pick apart different things within a story or a situation, and look at just that instead of the whole picture. So, you know, one of the things I like about the Epic Times is they seem to have a pretty balanced approach to things. They look at things and uh, try and write things um, from a balanced viewpoint. You know, they don't take a, I would say they're more seemingly conservative because they'll actually point out conservative viewpoints on things. And uh, you know, there's a show we saw last night, like American Thought Leaders. He's talking to Dr. Peter McCullough about this whole COVID-19 thing. And and Dr. McCullough is just spot on. He's talking about, I mean, he's a very sharp dude. And he's talking about all these things that have gone on and, and laying it all out for everybody. Like, you know, there were successful trials with hydro, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin all over the place. Why are you preventing this from the public? Uh, trying to see this. And, you know, we see that all over the place, though. You know, Twitter permanently suspended Marjorie Taylor Greene yesterday in her personal account. And I'm like, why do you bother? Why are you still on? Why are conservatives still on Twitter? Let that be the liberal ilk uh, marketplace for um, slapping people back and forth. You know, if all they can handle is opinions that uh, they only share and agree with, then let them have it. Right. You know, the the idea of free speech in this country is you have the right to say just about anything you want except shouting fire in a movie theater, right? Or to endanger people with it, you know, to, to try and say you're going to go shoot somebody or whatever. You, that, that gets to a point where, wait a minute, you know, there's a problem here. But for the most part, you if you're offended by somebody else's ideas, don't listen, don't read, don't watch them, don't follow them on Twitter. You have a choice. What's the big deal? Why do you have to suppress someone from a platform like that? But on the flip side, you have a choice too, Marjorie Taylor, to not use Twitter. Don't, you know, whatever. Who cares? Tell your people, tell everybody you're going to Gab or tell them you're going to get her, whatever. 
you know, some of these other platforms that exist out there. This was a funny one. Stephanopoulos claims Hillary supporters didn't ride after Trump won in 2016 and somehow forgets the 2017 Inauguration Day riots. That was a pretty big deal in D.C. when Trump was inaugurated, right? There, there was a, uh, um, I have to say, a situation there where um, there seems to me like there were some riots and things that were broken and and people were having a hard time because that's what leftists do. They they can't compete in the arena of ideas, as Rush Limbaugh used to say. They have to implement their agenda by force. And it's, you know, you look at religion as well. Christianity has never been forced on anybody. You know, people will claim that. Why are you forcing your beliefs? At? No. I can tell you and explain to you what I believe, but it's up to you whether you're going to follow it or not, you know. And in the school systems in this country, I think it's been one of the saddest things. But whatever, we should never have had a public school system in the first place, in my opinion. It should be private. You know, schools should have to compete for business like every other company. It's not, you know, that's a philosophical thing, maybe. Because people say, well, yeah, but that's a community thing. You know, da-da-da-da-da. I'm just like, yeah, but no. You know, the community could get behind a school if it was private, too. You wouldn't have, have retired people having to pay for a school that they will never use, you know, and people would be paying for what they use, right, um, in that sense. And I just, I, I've never understood that part of it. You know, we're, we homeschool, and we haven't used a public school system for many years, and here where I live, I'm going to pay quite a bit of money every year to support that public school system that a i don't agree with and b i'm never going to use why do i have to pay for that i don't understand that help me out um just because some people think i do doesn't mean i should so anyway i think i'm gonna leave it with that today again if you do not know the lord jesus christ and you'd like to um come to understand him better or at least come to know him better uh you can email us at ehud at itsareligion.org and we'll be happy to help any way we can. Read the book of John, try and download a Bible app or, or something um, and start there. I mean, it, he is the king of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and uh, he will never leave you or forsake you once you put your trust and faith in him. And it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So have a blessed day and uh, we will talk to you next time. Lord, for the small things like me and her on a porch swing, for summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. If I still got breath in these lungs, then that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that He's done for my mama, for my friends, for your love that never ends, for the songs that make us dance on this old dirt floor.